Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Thundercast YouTube channel. Russ, it's been a it's been a really, really, really awesome football season. There were a lot of ups, there were a lot of downs, and uh, more, more, far more positives than negatives. Even the biggest negative, which was the lion's share of the season, lost the injury of Rashin Ali, still ended on a positive note. He found the end zone, uh, the 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 long awaited rushing touchdown of twenty twenty two in the Myrtle Beach Bowl to cap off that season. And and you know we're going to talk about the Myrtle Beach Bowl here in a little bit. Uh, and and get into some of the particulars of that. Yeah, we're kind of late to the party here at holidays and some other things got in the way and we have to bring you a recap and talk about the season, but um, it's just unfortunate that it went a little bit longer, but hey, we've still got an action-packed info riddled information highway episode that we're going to bring here with a lot of recruiting news, a big around the herd segment and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're going to get into those five things just as soon as we get this word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there done that, and gotten their clients paid. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. It's been, what, almost two weeks since we've been able to get an episode out there, and probably by the time this gets processed and uploaded, it will be right at two weeks, but do not fear. We are back with all the goods that you want to know about. So, Russ, let's start it out with, uh, well, I don't know how many, but five things every Herd fan needs to know. We'll just keep them rolling until we get done. <laughs> As usual, five things every herd fan needs to know this week is brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. We're going to start off with a good one, number one. KD, I'm looking for a, a buzzword here, but Marshall Athletics' cumulative fall GPA was 3.23. Yep, uh, big deal. We talked about how the graduation rates in the last episode for a lot of the programs, and I know the word you're looking for, so let's just get it out of the way differentiator there it is Uh, we're student athletes students first athletes second and this 3.23 fall cumulative gpa across the entire athletic department drives that point home man what a great way to start this episode yeah uh i'm not going to tag too much more on top of what you said because what can you say you said it they're they're student athletes the student comes first now, I know nationally a lot of fans don't view it that way, but we're daggone proud of our student athletes for the uh, um, work that they put in in the classroom and also for the stuff that they're given, right? The uh, the, the systems pro- in place. The programs that are put in place yes. that, that help them out and give them every opportunity to study and uh, and do it, you know, how they need it. Hey, you need something printed? 
you don't have to worry about buying a printer. You can just use the facility over here that has them, you know, um, little things that they do goes a long way. And I think this shows it. Yeah. Before you go to that next point, the last thing I'll say is we do have parents of prospective students that listen to this show, yep. prospective athletes, recently committed athletes that will be showing up in the fall or in the spring, you know, for the first time ever. And when you hear things like that, that has to help, uh, Bring in the fact that you made a good decision, that your child is going to get a quality education. That It's not just a, you know, it's not just another school that all we care about is athletic. We care about athletics a lot, but we also want to set our kids up, our students, athletes up for success beyond athletics. If you don't go pro in your sporting discipline. Very, very true. Good point. Uh, number two. I don't know how many people saw this, but if you are a season ticket holder in basketball, men's or women's, or if you are a conference season ticket holder, so if you didn't get them early in the season, you can still go get them right now. You mm -hmm. can get for uh, for the rest of the, the season, get uh, season tickets. You will be entered into a drawing to uh, a VIP package for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament uh, for the men and women. And I think that's just an absolute great, program that's out there for these people that are already uh either already ticket holders or people that are on the fence that would say well yeah i really want to go get them here's another incentive i mean the 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 men's basketball team record alone should be enough for you to pull the trigger on uh season tickets because what a great season they're having mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about that here in a little bit as we go when we go around the herd but i have not seen this and we are season ticket holders. Of course, we give all of our season tickets away to each and every game, both men's and women's. So if something crazy happens and we happen to win this sweepstakes, well, somebody's going to go to the Sunbelt Conference basketball tournament probably um, on our dime. I won't say on our dime. We're not paying you to go, but you'll get you'll get those seats. But this is really cool, man. And I saw a number of ticket um, – uh, what do you call them? Um, 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 I can't think of what I'm what I'm trying to come up with. Uh, they're offering deals on tickets. Yeah, yeah. I can't the word just escaped me. I'm sorry. Uh, so you can get lower bowl seats for 23 bucks right now. I think they're and until that deal ends. I guess are ringing in the new year with 23 dollar tickets. We saw last night. We're recording last while we were recording last night. The herd played App State and they had 10 dollar tickets to that for game upper, upper chair backs for the upper yeah the upper bowl so they're doing all they can to get the cam full and if the play on the court isn't enough to get you there the ticketing office is doing all they can to help uh get you there as well and this is just a little icing on the cake that's a really cool sweepstakes for season ticket holders yeah and we're gonna tweet that out i will find that and uh we'll you or i one will have that for everybody but uh it's it's an incentive that i mean <laughs> man you want to go watch them play anyway. How cool would it be to have airfare, hotel, VIP uh, treatment at these uh, tournaments? I mean, it's uh, it's in Florida. I, I think remember. it's in Pensacola. In Pensacola, yeah. So anyway, get on that if you haven't and look for what, uh, what we'll be putting out. Uh, number three, Kalen Laburn accepts an invite to the Hula Bowl. He signed with Young Money, APAA Sports. Uh, which before I go on, do you know anything about that? Who no. Young Money APAA is? No, Lil Wayne. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, I didn't know that. 
yeah. I don't, I don't have, I'm not young or have money. So <laughs> yeah. well, me either, but if you want to sign with old broke sports, I'm your guy. <laughs> um, and then he also signed with athlete innovations for draft prep. And they've already put out something that you shared their tweet with uh, him working hard. He's hitting it hard. We wish him a lot of work and what a great guy to deserve all this to go make a name for himself in the pros. Yeah, man. I mean, of course this, this, this thing is about uh, Kalen, of course. And, you know, he, he's going to have to rank up there among the all time greats with, um, you know, like one year with the herd. He had one year to get it done and man, what a great, what a great all time season he had for the herd. Uh, I will mention that also playing in the hula bowl, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's either Gilmore or Abraham. One of the two is also playing in the Hula Bowl. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's Gilmore that, that I think it's Gilmore that committed to play uh, for the Hula Bowl. He did that a while back. So uh, that game's going on um, on the 14th of January, and the Hula Bowl, despite its name being the Hula Bowl, is actually going to take place in Orlando. And if I've got the day off, I'm really thinking about going up there and uh, supporting those guys, mm-hmm. you know, giving them, a, I mean, they don't know my face, but a friendly, a friendly herd shirt in the crowd can't hurt things. You know, that would, uh, that, th- that's something I'd like to be able to do if I get the day off. So we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, I've, I've also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kalen may be training down here in Tampa because I think this uh, APAA sports, at least their Twitter account, uh, says they're out of Tampa. So he may be down here in my neck of the woods. I'm not sure. APAA Sports is the... Um, I'm sorry, Athlete Innovations. Athlete uh, Innovations. I, yeah, okay. yeah. Athlete Innovations, I think, is is their, um, like their geographic location shows in Tampa. So he may be down here in my neck of the woods getting ready for the draft. Number four, keeping it positive, Grace Kelsheimer named the Missouri Valley Conference Diver of the Week. We're going to have a lot more about uh, their meet that happened during our uh, brief hiatus between shows, but uh, always great to see a uh, conference player of the week uh, in, uh, I don't know if you call swimmer a player, but you know what I'm talking about. An athlete of the week. And of the week. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is cool, man. You know, swimming and diving has kind of fallen under the radar because here they are in that one-year Missouri Valley deal, and we all are getting caught up in Sunbelt stuff. Sunbelt stuff. And, you know, rightfully so. Marshall's kind of doing a lot of good things here in the Sunbelt, making a lot of noise. And, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, um, the swimming and diving team is making a little noise, too. And we've talked about how, you know, it would be cool to steal a championship in a one-year, one-season-only conference affiliation. And, you know, to have uh, Grace be named an MVC Diver of the Week just shows that, you know, we're we're making some <laughs> – oh, gosh, the bad puns. We're making some waves in the swimming and diving realm. She made a big splash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But Ooh. she didn't want to make a big splash because the smaller the <laughs> – you know what I'm <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, like you're – yeah, you're right. Anytime it's an of-the-week athletic performance, it's still pretty cool. So congratulations goes out to Grace um, – and, you know, we'll, we'll, of course, keep bringing you the news of swimming and diving and how they do throughout the season. But, uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'd like to I'd like them to I'd like to get to the Sun Belt with this. I'd like them to go in, dominate and just get to the Sun Belt, get get yeah. that sport being sponsored by the conference and, um, you know, bring everything back in house in the same place. But this is pretty cool. Nonetheless. Number five, Oliver Simla was drafted in the second round of the MLS Super Draft. I guess I'm a 
Colorado fan now. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't really follow the MLS, but if if if, if they're if they got herd players, I'm gonna follow, right? I'll be fans of that team. So He's um, got to be an all-timer, no matter where you look at it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he racked up the accolades. He was here. He seemed like he was a, a frozen wall out there at times where people just could not get him past him. Uh, multi-talented, you saw uh, in the, uh, I think it was the game in against Virginia uh, when we went into uh, penalty kicks. He uh, stopped the the first kick and then he just grabbed the ball and went out there and he kicked it himself and scored, yeah. you know, for the first to put him up one, nothing, uh, extremely talented guy. And, uh, I think that he's one of the guys along with grassy and those other players that were here during that four to five year stretch that he was here that just raised our national perception up so high that we're probably getting a lot of recruiting bumps from his play and, and all that. So yeah, kudos. I, I, I think that goes without saying it's it's hard to fathom at this point with all the victories and accolades and the levels that this program has achieved over the past few years with him, uh, you know, guarding the net. It's hard to fathom that somebody's going to supplant him in short fashion. You know, he's just that great for the herd. And I want to say that was this Marshall's uh, second highest MLS draft pick was was Dolabella the first I want to say I, the first highest I would I would say but I I just cannot yeah. I, I don't have it in front of me I, me neither and I feel like it's just you know rattling around in the back of my head like I saw that during draft day or somebody had tweeted that out but yeah I don't care however you slice it man it's awesome mm-hmm. I mean put putting this is not a draft that we are frequenting you know so mm-hmm. to be able to start yeah. putting people in that draft yeah right so it's two in the last number of years and you know, where it was none basically or one up until that point. And now it's a multiple picks in, in within a small, you know, uh, span of seasons. This is where we want to be. This is how you continue to raise that perception. Once your playing time is officially done with the herd, you go make some noise and put guys in the pro level. So mm-hmm. this is great. This is, uh, this is exactly what we needed. The next, you know, exclamation point for Marshall men's soccer in the 2022 season. We got to talk about it. We've okay. got an ex. We've got an extra, number six, <laughs> Bruce Morris's footprints. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, um, the whole the whole thing. Uh, highly highly debated topic on the social media when it was discovered that they were not included in the newly uh, laid down Cam Henderson Center floor, and the outcry from the fan base was legit. Uh, you would think that that was not something that would uh, necessarily make as much noise from the fan base as it did, but it did. And um, I was in that crowd that thought it was an unnecessary omission. And I'm not uh, shy about saying that because we've seen some rectification with that a little bit. And um, as a matter of fact, late last night, I was late seeing it, but it was, you know, it was a tweet was six hours old when I saw it, but it was from, Christian Spears and he said tradition matters and it was a group photo of you know the Morris what I assume was the Morris family with the framed set of footprints that match what is now on the court so kudos to him for making that scenario correct putting those footprints back on the court Marshall fans are happy once again and you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that was a crisis averted because people really got angry about that they really they did. did they did they sure did 
So what, where, where did you stand? Was it inconsequential to you? Was it like something that should have been there all along to you or, or what, where are you with that? So I, I would never say inconsequential because I think that that is a differentiator. It's an, it's a basketball record, man. To, to use your word, it's a differentiator. Anything that you can do to make your stadium special, yep. that you can make your arena special, uh, whatever you have, your playing surface, wherever you play to make it special and to make it stand out. And if you own a national record and something so cool, I've not seen any anywhere else where someone has footprints on the court. Maybe maybe I'm just not thinking about them and there's some that are famous, mm -hmm. but they're just not there. And you always had people from the opposing teams you know, in warmups or pregame practice, whatever, they would go out there and attempt to make the shot. And it <laughs> it would just be like, wow, this is impossible. Think yeah. about this. Yeah. And it, what gets me too, is this happened before, uh, in collegiate athletics or at the level we were at, at least it was a two point shot. It wasn't even a three point. <laughs> so it, it will forever be the longest two point shot. That's true. My opinion. That's true. Uh, so I would never say that it was inconsequential. What I will say is rewind this show months and months and months when I said that I was lucky enough to become a, a board member of the big green. Mm -hmm. And they talk about things in that, that, you know, I'm not going to say that's for inside that meeting only. Well, they showed the court before the court was shown to the public mm -hmm. and it did not have the footprints on it. And there was a very brief discussion. And from everything that was discussed, it was kind of clear that the footprints were going to be put on there. So I, I just remained silent. I didn't want to say now that they're on there. I mean, I don't have any reason to withhold any of that info. There was no like behind the scenes of no, we're not going to put them on there. That was never say, never stated because people asked and no one ever said, no, we're just not going to do it. Right. They just, they just said, you know, be patient. And I think, and this is all opinion. This is not news. I think that they had this plan to put them on there and just kind of underestimated the reaction and how viral social media would go yeah. in such a brief time. But you have to remember this floor got held up for reasons that we couldn't control. You know, they had announced that this floor was going to go in and they had every intentions of putting this floor in before the season. And then it got to the point where, now we have to find a place where the men and the women are both on road trips. So you have time to take the old floor out, put the new floor in. I just feel like that they did not have enough time to do it the way they wanted. It had already been painted that they had to get. And again, this is just my speculation hat that they wanted to get the floor installed to accurately put in the distance of the footprints. So if you paint them on the floor before it gets installed, then you're like, well, hell, this is 88 feet. Yeah. And 11 inches away, you know, they were full 11 inches off. I feel like they wanted to do it. They didn't have the time. And before they could make an announcement on it, everyone just went crazy. And they then had to say, okay, guys, you know, we're going to do it on, you know, the first Sunbelt game. So that, that's, that was my take. And I could be totally wrong, but I do know that no one ever said, no, we're just not going to put Bruce Morris's. No one devalued the footprints in there they all said yes we we want to put them back on there and it started to look like it was a it was it was going to be a special deal 
right? Because mm-hmm. that shot happened against Appalachian State. Right. Oh, and we just so happened to be playing Appalachian State last night when they debuted the footprints the again, you know, in the first time they played since what they say, 2010, I think on the broadcast yeah. and first Sunbelt game, right? Sunbelt inaugural home, home game. Uh, the, the team that you hit the shot against, and it sounds like a great plan. Uh, and, and if the outcry initially hadn't have been so bad with the fan base thinking, just thinking, I can't believe they took those off because they, they didn't say anything about it. You know, right. it's kind of like gave the impression that it would they were not coming back. And then they did the thing was like, well, we'll tie it into a, uh, you know, a marketing deal and you hit the shot from here and you can win a car. And that just mm-hmm. kind of that just kind of didn't set even that set even worse with with sections of the fan base. You're like, that's just not what this well, is. Well, because you can do both, right? You can have you can the, do both. You, that's you can right. Have the permanent footprints on there and still win a car. You that's know? right. So it didn't have to be in either or. That's so right. I think that's uh, where a lot of people got upset. But I am of the belief, and you know, if somebody wants to come out uh, and make an official statement and refute my belief. You know, I I'm not going to get upset. I've been wrong plenty of times before, um, but. I am of the belief that it was all always their intentions to have those on there. They just wanted to kind of do something special. Yeah. And, and you can't do that before, you know, you kind of have to unveil it at a game. So if you couldn't do it at the first game, you know what I'm saying? Are you going to do it for, I don't know who the, who the, uh, the team was that we played here. It wasn't Toledo. I think it was maybe even after Toledo. It Mm. may have been Toledo, but who cares about doing it before Toledo? You know, well, well, see, I get here's my thing. If that's what you're going to if you, you get tied up because of logistics or whatever, just mm-hmm. go ahead and, and announce and it announce as it's it. a, as yeah. an event. We're bringing Bruce back. They're right. going to be the thing. We're playing App State, blah, 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 and make a big hoopla about it. Right. So that people are like, hell yes. Yeah. You know, I, I can deal with the feet not being the footprints right. being on the court immediately because they're going to do something really special and they're out in front of it and they're bringing Bruce back and it's going to be cool, man. And it's it, that's that's what that was yeah. just the, the misfire. But my, uh, my at opinion the, at the end my, of the day, they're back. Right. And yeah. and whether whether however the scenario played out, uh, whether Christian even wants the credit for, quote unquote, making it right, even if it wasn't wrong ever, I still commend him for just kind of like making it right even like yeah. i said because the perception to the fan base is hey they listened and they fixed that we said had, we didn't like it and they fixed it he had a tweet that mentioned just that fact and he was like you know this is what makes us doing it the herd way this yep. is what makes us marshal and you know he said herd fans are passionate and we heard you yep you know uh, so again i could be totally wrong but my perception is that they kind of wanted it to be special but they just underestimated how quickly it could get out of control before they could do it. I agree. And, and, and that's where I was at. So I never, I didn't make any kind of comment to anybody about, you know, like, you know, yeah, they need to be on there. I was kind of trying to let it play out, but man, it got out of control. Yeah, that it fire, did. That fire, that fire burned pretty quickly. It did. And what I, you know, I didn't even, as I recall, initially, from our Twitter account, I didn't make a post dedicated to that. What I did was quote tweet someone else. I think sure. it might have been Luke that said that they weren't on the court, and all I'd put on there was not cool. And that yeah. kind of just, well, okay, you know, because it, it wasn't to me that wasn't cool. Yeah. But I didn't know, you know, I didn't. I wasn't looking far ahead to December 29th and 
Appalachian State. And, you know, that because there wasn't an announcement like this is what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you're at the cam. It's going to be mm-hmm. so cool. And just think about if they would have done that. And then you get the performance that you have last night and you essentially no disrespect to Appalachian State. You the hurt ran them out of the gym. I mean, yeah. ran them out of the gym. So you got all that together and you would have had a really super kick-ass night. And uh, it's still cool. Footprints are there. Crisis averted, even if there wasn't a crisis, whatever, whatever your perception is as a fan. um, They're back. And and the herd got the big dub last night. So it's all cool, man. It's all cool to me. It's all cool to me. All right. Well, we were originally going to have more things in the five things, which has now turned into six for this episode. But uh, as you know... Uh, we kept getting delayed on doing this. So <laughs> those are all now going to be combined and we're going to talk about them a little bit later on in this episode after we do this uh, bowl game recap. So that ends our six things every herd fan <laughs> needs to know this week brought to you by Ignite Link. Yeah, it was a, that was a sweet thing, man. That's a good there was just so much stuff that piled up. It's this turned into rather lengthy. So look, we're going to talk about the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And yes, we're so far removed from when it happened. It's a different recap of sorts. You know, we're going to kind of not gloss over everything, but gloss over everything because do we need to really dissect the game? We all know what happened. We know the season's over. And the bigger news is where we are now. What happened has happened since the final whistle blew on the season up until December 30th, which is what, you know, we're recording. Or is it December 30th? Yeah, December 30th when we're recording. So there's a lot that's happened. But we got to talk about the game, right? 28-14, to Hurd gets the win over UConn, finishes the season 9-4 and in Huff's second season. He gets that first career bowl win. That that was an awesome reaction at the end of the game, by the way. You can tell. Don't tell me there are too many bowl games. We've seen so many awesome bowl games uh, that others would call in, like meaningless they're not meaningless to those who are in them by golly especially seniors yeah. that may be playing for the last time i tell you who they weren't meaningless to the eight thousand estimated fans that i would say were down there too that's for, right that, for marshall that, for that marshall. was my that was my next my next point twelve thousand and twenty three was the announced um and attendance at the game i was going to ask you what percentage of that do you think was herd fans and if you're saying eight thousand that's three quarters of the stadium herd fans let me toss a number out here to you. Two numbers, actually. This is this is. I'm gonna toss a little shade at Coastal Carolina. Um, Seventeen thousand one hundred and fourteen was Coastal Carolina's average home attendance in 2022. Marshall brought eight thousand fans, or what we all commonly believe now to be eight thousand ish, or a little in excess of eight thousand fans to that bowl game. And uh, of the twelve thousand zero twenty three at this game, taking into account. Coastal Carolina's five-year home attendance average, which, by the way, was 12,683. Don't tell me Marshall doesn't travel, okay? Yeah. Don't don't tell me that herd fans won't show up when it matters. Don't tell me that herd fans won't show up, period, because they will. This was a perfect location for the game. I really wish I could have gone. Secretly and personally, I was jealous and really wanted a Florida Bowl game, of course, because it's really sure. easy for me to get there. But this was the right location. Um, the opponent we've talked about, we could have been a little more excited about. We, we were not that excited about, but we were treated to a fine game. All all in all, there were some things that could have gone better. Some things that obviously could have gone worse, but you were there for it all. You made the trip. Mm -hmm. Um, so talk about that a little bit. Like, when did you get there? What all did you take a part in all the events you went to that sort of thing? Sure. First, a uh, just a quick correction on the math. I was estimating around eight thousand of uh, the twelve 
and that would put us as two thirds and them getting one third. But um, if we were off, we still had more fans than them. So we're saying us seven, them five, you know, uh, that your point still stands on if we're bringing 7,000 and they are averaging over five years, a little over 12 under 13. Yeah. We're, we're going to pack that place out most of the time. Um, All right. So we kept waiting. And as we discussed on here, we were hoping to fly down. Allegiant never added the flights. Can't believe that. So (laughs) and not believe that their loss, (laughs) but but, uh, we drove, we, uh, we passed quite a few and others passing us, you know, going back and forth, heard fans and there would be honks, waves, that sort of thing. A couple of people that I recognized others that I did not. We passed the team buses, still not hundred percent sure if those were like, fans that were going on some sort of package or if it was like band and cheerleaders or don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I just know we passed three of the bluegrass tours buses, uh, two of them done up in the, uh, in the Marshall uh, aesthetics. And that was cool. We passed them twice because we had to get off and get gas and that sort of thing. When we got back on, you know, we got to pass them a second time. (laughs) Um, Made it down in good time. Uh, got down there. I'm not a Myrtle Beach guy because I can't stand the big crowds and all that. December at Myrtle Beach was not near what it was going on Miner's vacation and <laughs> Memorial Day weekend and all those times that I remember in the past on just how packed and crowded it was. But there were a lot of herd fans down mm-hmm. there and you would see them at every turn. At the hotel that we were staying at, uh, which was kind of in, I would call it old Myrtle Beach, uh, downtown Myrtle, not North Myrtle and not mm-hmm. South. Uh, there were some West Virginia proper fans in there with WVU gear on that were, uh, you know, condo owners in that hotel that were just down there for the, the winter, saw our gear on, talked to us about, you know, you guys playing today and good luck and told me where they're from. It's just always nice to run into West Virginia people. And I don't mean WVU people, mm-hmm. people that live in the state of West Virginia. Um, so it was just cool, you know, to, to get to talk to some people, Hey, where are you at? You know, here's where I grew up. My brother worked there for 20 years. Still gets, it never gets old when somebody tells me that someone they know worked in Gilbert for 20 years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you have the right Gilbert? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, um, it was great, man. We, we got down Saturday around is before three o'clock. So we missed out on the Friday night crocodile rocks thing mm-hmm. that was going on. And I heard that was just slamming. I really wanted to be there, but logistically we just couldn't do it with work and the kids and school and all that. So we did get to go to the Wild Wing Cafe, Walt's Place, um, who had passed away recently this year. Got to go in. I took that photo of the the four seats and the the Thundering Herd uh, team photo of the 1970 team there. Um, packed out, man. It was so packed in there. I didn't mind that there was a wait because it meant we were packed. And I kid you not, the waitress said, I mean, there we only had like X amount of people on staff and it wasn't busy. And then all of a sudden you guys all showed up at once. She said, was this like planned? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, it was actually. (laughs) No, no, we just all happened to be wearing Marshall gear and showed up at the same time. Uh, I don't, whatever. But but what was really cool was um, 
we were a two top, my wife and I, and they uh, set us at a four top table. And I told the waitress, I said, hey, there's a long line. And obviously people are waiting. If there's two other Marshall fans that don't mind to sit with people that they may or may not know, feel free to offer them our other two seats here. And we got seated with two people in about 10 minutes. They brought them over, two people that we'd never met before. And these two went to every single Marshall game, home and away, in this bowl game. They went to all 13 games this year, and I just thought that was super cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you get to talk to new people you've not met before that are herd fans, and, hey, where do you get? Where do you tailgate? What did you think about this game? And what was your favorite stadium to go to this year? All that stuff. Then uh, the next day, we got to spend some time with some people, uh, do some shopping, go around, went to that uh, – kick ass man that pep rally and uh right i mean it was so tough to find a place to to park and we were running late anyway had to drop a friend of ours off at, at somebody's house and then we pull up and i just had to start recording as i walked into the place and it was just happened to be at the best time mm-hmm. that place was packed with thousands of people thousands of people and it was just it got me so pumped. I I put on there, I'm ready to run through a brick wall or whatever. And I think every fan down there was too. And then you go to the game the next day and you got this killer tailgate. You had fans tailgating throughout the campus, but Marshall had uh, a the Dutch Miller uh, tailgate that you paid 55 bucks to get in, but it was all inclusive. Mm-hmm. And it was right next to the stadium. I mean, like as close as our seats are or our tailgate spot is to walk into a gate was pretty much right there. And uh, I just thought that was awesome. And then we go into the game and it's packed out with fans on our side. You couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted it any better. It was awesome. Yeah. it. I mean, I know it was. I saw a lot of video from a lot of folks at these uh, events and <laughs> you can't say it enough. The, the herd just traveled. I mean, they did. Yeah. It wasn't like, all right, everybody get over in this section so we can record a video. It's like, no nah, right. man, they pan the whole thing all the way around. And it was just people, a sea of Kelly green and white. It was awesome. It was awesome to see. I'll tell you what that really does. That tells the folks at the Myrtle beach bowl. Mm-hmm. We want to get Marshall back, you know, yeah. more, more often. If they yeah. want to, if that's a, if that's a scenario that they're willing to entertain, Mm-hmm. then we want them. And, you know, of course you can't go to the well too many times before right. people stop going, but mm-hmm. you know, a couple of times here, then you're off a couple of years and you go back to Myrtle beach. If they up the ante on an opponent, Marshall could single-handedly turn that into a premier bowl game at the G five level. <laughs> if they continue to travel that way, you yeah. know, cause that, that would be a, that would be a get for those sponsors of that bowl game, you know? So Three more awesome things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three more things uh, that I just thought of uh, when you mentioned the other side. Well, we had friends of ours, fraternity brothers, that were over on the other side, and he took a video of our side. Because, you know, if you're sitting on the side you're on, you don't really know how packed mm-hmm. it is, uh, especially on that upper level. It was packed, and the uh, Carolina suites or whatever they called them, uh, the premium seats that were like indoor and outdoor load seating, uh, it it was packed, and he took a video just of sweeping, and it was amazing. And then I'm looking over there, and peppered among the uh, Yukon Navy is Kelly Green, Kelly Green, Kelly Green. Just here's four people there, seven people there, two people there. Just saw it all over the place. So it that part was 
was great. Um, I ran into and got to meet uh, a player's uh, parent that we had been talking to kind of all season, never worked out to where we got to see him, went over and uh, got to sit with him and his family for, I don't know, about 10 minutes or so and uh, took a photo with them. It was really great. Uh, got to meet um, a couple of people from 2021 Fifth Avenue nice. uh, from from the, the 80s and everything. So that was cool. Uh, people I'd never met before, but had recognized the name. Um, also met uh, Lucianne Call. Uh, if you recognize that name, she's kind of over the fountain ceremony, helps mm-hmm. out with it every year. Her father was the athletic director that passed away on the plane crash. She was a cheerleader here at Marshall. She knows everyone and everyone knows her. We went over to her house, her and her husband, Rick, and got to spend some time with them, get to know them. And that, that was just great too. Uh, so, I mean, just all around, man. And then, you know, several different people posted that, you know, they ran into me down there. I got to see quite a few fans that recognized the logo on the the shirt and uh, got to strike up a conversation with them. So, any of you guys that are listening, it was a pleasure meeting you and thanks for stopping me to talk to me. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll have more swag on me next time to get away, <laughs> uh, kind of ran out, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a pleasure all around. Yeah. That that's really one of the cool parts is, is meeting folks that, um, you know, not only that you want to meet, but that also are like, hey, man, you're Russ. I love the podcast. You guys do a great job. It's really cool to meet you. And this to find out that, you, you know, we're also just fans. Yeah, we're, we're just fans. We just we just enjoy talking about the herd. We love being a part of the herd. We just but at the end of the day, we're fans just like they are, just like everybody else is. We're there to watch the herd dominate. And uh, I, I can't go so far as to say the herd dominated this game, but boy, they put on a good show. Uh, and so let's talk about that. I mean, right. it's was, it was great that, that I'm glad you had a great time. I'm really jealous that I didn't get to go, especially in retrospect, when you see all the video and you see how fun it was and, and you, you know, you, you start saying like, man, I really missed out on that one. That was a missed opportunity. But like I said, that was Cooper's birthday. I was, yeah. hey, I was tied up, man. I wasn't yeah. going to Myrtle beach. My little boy turned 11 and we had a great time doing our own thing. That's right. It's just, uh, it's just an unfortunate date, but, uh, I'll get them next year. We'll get another bowl game next year. As long as it's not on December 19th, if there's anybody listening, just do me a favor. Um, the game started out pretty decent for the herd, right? We, we, we received the opening kickoff. We go, I think it was 45 yards on the opening drive. We have a turnover, but then, Hey, that herd defense comes right back and does what that herd defense does. The very next play from scrimmage, we get the ball back and uh, Isaiah Norman, Gets us a fumble recovery, and then two plays later, the herd's in the end zone, continuing what basically was an opening drive, even though technically it's not. So they put together a really good opening series. Uh, and then it was kind of off and running there a little bit. Defense showed up in a big way, got ourselves a defensive score, and then you know kind of traded touchdowns in the second half, but the damage was already done. Uh, this Marshall defense showed up in a big way. But there are some things that if we talked about, if I said to you, Russ, you know, we're only going to get one quarterback sack, uh, you know, we're not going to uh, have a running back or a runner go over 100 yards, you know, Cam's not really going to go, not even going to pass for 100 yards on the day, you would go, shit, maybe I don't like our chances so well. But man, the plays that were made were impactful, super Mm -hmm. They made the most of that little flurry of action with the defensive score forcing that uh, young quarterback from UConn into several turnovers. 
and just doing what they do, relied on moving the chains with the running game. Uh, Rasheen Ali found the end zone. Devin Miller found the end zone. That one made me feel good. Seeing him mm-hmm. cap off that career with a touchdown hadn't been there in the end zone since Notre Dame, which was which also made me feel good that it was him that got in the end zone there. He's a guy that deserves that kind of stuff. So those indicators, right? Uh, Marshall actually gets outgained in the game, uh, 316 to 303. They get outpossessed in the game, 3121 to 2839. Marshall edges in first downs, 19 to 18, and turnovers is the story of the game. UConn has four, the herd has two. Um, nobody really had a super stellar game offensively. So, like I said, uh, Ali and LeBorn both hovering around 100. Neither one got there. Uh, Labor 90, Ali 92 to lead the day, and a touchdown on the ground. Corey Gamage had 50 yards through the air on three catches with a touchdown. Devin Miller 17 yards on two catches, and he got himself a touchdown. Uh, the herd really, really made their ways on third down, seven of 15 on third down in the game. 11, this was a penalty-filled game. 11 for the yeah. Herd, 12 for UConn. Kind of ugly in that capacity. So, But that's a push, right? It's not like the Herd had 11 and UConn had four. You know, it was 11 to 12. It was just ugly. Started to get a little chippy, but it is what it is. Defensively, Eli Neal had the great day, 10 total tackles, uh, seven solo. Andre Sam had seven tackles. Owen Porter had six. Impact plays were the turnovers, right? Um, nine tackles for loss in this game was also quite impactful. Just one quarterback sack, and we did get that defensive score. Those impact plays, interceptions by Damian Barber was the defensive score. Corey Gamage gets a gets an interception to end the half on a Hail Mary. Uh, Micah Abraham gets an interception to kind of ice the ball game. Iceman iced the game. And then the fumble recovery by Isaiah Norman. The lone sack for the herd was by Taquez Legs. UConn went third third down, three of 12. So the herd continued that streak, and they held young quarterback Zion Turner to just nine of 27 passing. On the special teams front, Reese Verhoff didn't even attempt a field goal, but did go four or four on extra points. And John McConnell had seven punts for a 32.9-yard average along with 41. Jaden Harrison had three kick returns for an 18.3-yard average, and that's kind of about it. The Marshall did just enough to keep enough distance between them and UConn to really keep this one out of question. It was it was never in question. Marshall was kind of in control from the first touchdown to the end of the game. They traded punts, they traded turnovers, they traded, you know, penalties, but that was it. You want to breeze through some some grades to close this one out? Yeah, but r- briefly before that, it was 28 to nothing. Uh 953 I'd have to go back and look and see but uh I think it was 953 into the uh uh 951 into the third quarter Ali gets the touchdown we're up 28 to nothing that very next kickoff and then the drive we're getting ready to stop them it's looking like we're just going to cruise to a 42 to nothing or 42 to 7 be right around where I was predicting and then we had a penalty on legs and again, I'm not calling him out because he had a great game, mm-hmm. but it was one of the 15 yard variety, gave him a first down. And then their running back got loose for a couple of runs and they scored. Mm-hmm. Then they get the ball back and we had some penalties and stopping and they scored and it's 28 to 14. And then they're going down to drive to maybe make it 28 to 21. And it just goes to show you what some of these little penalties can do when they add up, when they extend drives and they give them a lot more. And at some point, man, it like you said, we were trading penalties. At one point, they were like third and 27 or mm-hmm. something that they had to, to get because they kept getting penalties. Um, so we have seen that all year long. 
it nearly bit us. I think that we could have easily turned the pressure right back up and been two additional scores ahead of them if they would have got another score. But um, these penalties we're going to have to get under control because they could have got us. Yeah, if it hadn't have been a penalty-heavy day for UConn as well, like I said, mm-hmm. if it's if it's an 11-penalty day for the Herd and a four- or five-penalty day for the Huskies, you might be singing a different tune in this one. Yeah. But fortunately, you know, mm-hmm. they, they were just as sloppy with the ball when they had the ball or even on defense as we were at times. Sure. Uh, I guess what, what you have to do is you have to give some credit to Jim Mora and that UConn team because they're a scrappy bunch, and you can tell they're kind of on the verge, right? The, mm-hmm. Their freshman quarterback just he ran into a really tough defense, and and mm-hmm. they made it hard for him, and and that's what Marshall does. That's what Marshall's defense did to to the majority of quarterbacks all year long. Uh, I think they've got some promise there with him. The kid knows how to win. He comes from, I think he said St. Thomas Aquinas down here in Florida. That's a football yeah. powerhouse in Florida, man. I mean, if you're the starting quarterback at St. Thomas Aquinas, you can play some ball. So the future is definitely, you know, on the upswing there for the Huskies. And and Victor Rosa, gee, many Christmas, that kid's a baller. Freshman running back, he, he had a great day for the herd. He started getting loose there in the second half and and put a couple on the board. He's, he's a playmaker. And he's a, he's a Connecticut kid. So – uh, you know, homegrown talent doing big things for them. And, and I'm, I imagine he will be a big weapon for them for a number of years and end up being a fan favorite because he's a local kid. And we always root for our local kids come out of Spring Valley, Owen Porter, for example, and and Midland like Logan Osborne does and and, and you know, even Huntington High. So I get that feeling. I get that mm-hmm. feeling, but they, they got some good pieces in place there. They'll be they'll be much better than a six win ball club next year, I bet you. Uh, so it was nice to get uh, get the win on them now while you can. Not that Marshall's downtrending or anything, but yeah. I expect UConn will be on the upswing next year. They've got a lot of momentum going there. So let's go through some grades here. All right. Uh, what do you got for Cam? It was a very ho-hum day for Cam. D minus. And I hate to – I mean, he threw for two touchdowns, but he had uh, two turnovers. He had yeah. a fumble, and he uh, had an interception. He only threw for 93 yards and was 10 for 20. And – he was uh, he was throwing high. There was something wrong with uh, either physically or um, or something decision making. There was something wrong that he was throwing that high on even sideline passes and that sort of thing. Um, I, he just did not seem like he could get it going trying to run. So I'm hoping that it was some kind of small nagging injury that we knew going in that we weren't going to need to rely on him, but it was not ideal to see this performance. I, f- I felt like this was going to be a breakout game of sorts for him uh, to cap off what he'd done so far. And I'm still very high on him, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, everybody's going to have a bad game, and he had one this game. And ultimately, it did not any come anywhere near mattering. You know, so I'm, L- I'm luckily it didn't matter. L- luckily, yeah, yeah. But so, I'm also of the belief that had he been put in a situation where there was a little more pressure, that he would have rose to the occasion and came through. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 not down on him at all. He just had a bad game. Yeah, this was um, maybe chalk it up a little bit to the extended layoff. You know, you get out of your rhythm a little bit. Maybe you just had the shanks a little bit that day. It was just something was just off. Sure. Any way you want to look at it from a from I know him. I don't know him personally, but I'm saying if I'm him. 
that's just not the way I would want to end my season, right? You're like, man, I didn't do, I didn't have my best game. You want to have a nice, solid performance to close out the season. So personally, I would think he's probably a little bit uh, let down at a, at his own performance. Um, and you say you still get the win. I mean, gee, many Christmas, you, you're what are you six and one as a starter? I mean, it's yeah. not, a, there's a whole lot to be happy about. And if you can just nitpick like, man, I, I was, I was high on throws. Great. Those throws didn't land in the arms of the defenders. So right. at least they were just an incomplete pass and I'm not making excuses for the kid at all. It wasn't a great day. The stats say that, right. A couple of, uh, turnovers and a uh, 50% passing day. You don't get a hundred yards. I mean, it's not, ideal but you take your lump you take the win and you get ready for the spring right so yep. that's where we are uh, what do you got for this offense as a whole i had him in a c uh throwing the ball was the uh, the big detriment but uh we had two 90 plus uh yard rushers 210 overall on the ground and uh i had that as a c i mean if we would have passed a little bit better i would have probably given him a b yeah that's fair. I mean, get out possessed. We didn't expect Marshall to get out possessed in the game. Some of the, n- the numbers we were talking about were trending actually in the other direction that mm-hmm. this that this time of possession would be flip flopped and then another minute or two in favor of the herd. Just didn't go that way. And Marshall was still able to that that, that defensive score really was the catalyst that that got this thing going. Yes, we scored mm-hmm. an offensive touchdown first, but it was that. It was that um, pick six from Damian Barber that really got this thing going. That's what Ooh. got those guys hyped. So the offense really couldn't find its way most of the day. They ran the ball well. They were able to move the chains well. They found the end zone a couple of times. But it was the penalties that kept killing them. So, you know, that's a lot to over – 11 penalties is a lot to overcome. And, yes, not all those are on offense. But that's – I mean, when you're – it's just hard to overcome. So it, it helps – bring context to the way some of these numbers look, but still, like you say a lot, it's got to get cleaned up. 112 yards. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's flipping the field a lot of times. Yeah, know? it surely is. So, so how about this defense though? Let's go there. Defense. I'd have to give a, uh, a B plus and I, other than giving up uh, Rosa, a couple of, uh, a couple of runs, you know, I mean that that was it. I mean they they were all over the field. I mean it easily could have been an A, and the only reason I'm not going up to an A is because they uh, they didn't have the big uh, sack numbers that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, I tell you what, man, there were a couple of offensive linemen on there, and I I don't know if one of them was the uh, All American we were talking about on the pregame, but um, they were just really handling our defensive line about as best as you can handle our defensive line. Our defensive line has beasts on it and they were keeping them just out of reach. I'm not saying they dominated our defensive line. I'm saying that they, they maintained them to not go wild on their team Mm -hmm. and that's how they handled them. Um, And uh, if they would have gotten in some more sacks and everything, you're probably looking at it close to a shutout maybe just one of those scores gets in and we have a lot more impact plays, that sort of thing. And I had to notch them down for the, uh, the penalties, mm-hmm. you know, directly that, leads to scores. I mean, you yeah, have to do that. They, it did that. It, it extended drives and led to scores and they still get a B from me 
yeah. even with that. But I mean, pick pick your poison. You either have less penalties off your defense, or you get a couple more sacks. And I've got you up at an A or an A plus. So mm-hmm. still a very good game. Yeah, it was an outstanding game. I mean, geez, four for, forced turnovers, one of which goes for a score. That mm-hmm. in and of itself is enough to just shoot you up the grading scale. And then That's you right. toss onto it. Yeah, you don't get a sack per se, but you got nine tackles for loss. Yeah. So you're still yeah. creating negative plays in the backfield. It was a it was a pretty close to great performance, if not borderline great performance. It really only got sloppy in the second half when when a few big runs were started to break off in addition to penalties aiding in those drives. Yeah. So it, it's a fair grade. Special teams, there wasn't much going on there. What do you want? You needed four points. You got four points of the four-point opportunities that you got from your kicker. What more do you want? Yeah, uh, I would have to look on the uh, the punting stats here and everything. Uh, nothing really stood out to me except for I would have liked to have seen uh, McConnell get a little – little bit more on some of these. Some of them were shorter. I would say it was just a pretty average. Yeah. So a C, C for me. Yeah, it was very average. Nothing big in the kick return game. Gilmore only had an opportunity at one punt, and I think that was either a fair catch or he had like a one-yard return. No, so he had, I think it was five yards, but he had to run 15 to get there because when he caught it, <laughs> he right. got spun around. That's right. You know, and so he, he made it back. I was just lucky he made it back to where he caught the ball. And then he he got some positive yards from there. So let me look it up real quick. Yeah, one return for no yards is what it says on ESPN. But he ran a million yards to get yeah. that no yards. Uh, all right. How about the coaching effort for this this game with the long everything that goes into a bowl game? You know, keeping your guys on track, keeping your guys prepared. The extended layoff, all the festivities, distractions, and everything like that. How about this coaching staff? I'm giving them an A. Um, I it would be an A plus if uh, we had less penalties. But again, they can't control those penalties. Just aren't playing, you know. <laughs> but I do feel like that's something that you can harp on is discipline yeah. and everything. And by the end of the year, so I mean, ding, a very small ding because I feel like they had them prepared. Uh, we were up twenty eight to nothing. We were probably going to sink the teeth in after that and just run it down their throats. And I don't feel like they could have stopped us, even though they were, again, I say contained. We ran for 210 yards on them and in less time of possession than they had. Uh, We just did not run all over them with 400 yards like I thought we might be able to do. Yeah. Um, But I feel like they did everything and just the passion from every single one of them. Uh, They wanted this game. They had their guys prepared. It, it was looking like pretty much cakewalk, you know? So at the end of the day, the, the last stat that you want to talk about from a coaching standpoint is nine and four looks a hell of a lot better than eight and five. I mean, yeah. it just does. Sure. So that's the one, right? That's the one. So that's the kind of the exhale at the final, final whistle, whistle on the season. You're like, we got nine wins, like nine wins. You know, we let a game or two slip away here and you think back of, you know, Troy, the Troy game, which we know what Troy turned out to be, a conference champion, a great team, 10-win ball club, 11-win ball club, great team, really great team. And I still feel like Marshall let that one slip away down there because they just couldn't do anything, couldn't do right. anything offensively. So you, you look at some of those things, and you're a bad first quarter away at home against Coastal Carolina from potentially being a 10-win team. 
and and playing in the conference championship game. So you're yeah. this close to all these things happening for you. You play tooth and nail to both conference championship game teams. It's it's rough. You're going to look at the schedule or the uh, score and go, you played Coastal tooth and nail? No, you didn't in the first quarter. But the remaining three quarters, you damn sure did. You outplayed them, actually. Their, their first three drives, and we yeah. had those costly penalties that uh, we were talking about, and it just seems like they came out with their game plan, and as soon as we saw what that was, we just shut them down afterwards. Right. You know? So they they caught us off guard a little bit. So I'm saying, yeah. yeah, you played them, you outplayed them in the latter three quarters of the game. Three out of four quarters ain't enough to win that game, obviously, or you would have won the game. And it is what it is. But you're minuscule data points away from being a 10-win team, minuscule data points away from potentially representing the East in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. And who knows what a rematch with Troy looks like at that point. So uh, there's a lot to be uh, excited about if you're a coach and, and a member of the coaching staff. Uh, there was a lot that went right and some things that were out of our control that went wrong that we overcame anyway. Uh, you know, and, then, and there were some down. There was some ugly stuff that you know, Bowling Green, for example, that was ugly. I mean, that was ugly. But, uh, it's a, you know, it's an early season. It's a different team. You can tell Marshall's a different team late in, in November than they were in September. And yeah, you're like, damn, you beat you beat Notre Dame in September. Yeah, we went undefeated in no, in November. You know, is it, what equally important in the grand scheme? I think your historic win in September, undefeated November, gets you to where you want to be. Even even road right there. Uh, how about this one? This is the one that you get probably to close out the season on the most positive note for your grades. How about those fans to close out the 2022 football season? What's the grade for those guys? And guys? A plus, A plus, A plus. And, you know, most of the time I'm harping on when I when the fans got a bad grade for me, I was harping on message board chatter that expected us to beat the 85 Bears mm-hmm. uh, or people that were uninformed, like I was bringing up down at James Madison when the guy's like, I don't know why they won't put Pennington in. It's like, well, he didn't fly on the plane, so he's not in this state. You know, right. that's probably a number one why he's not going in. Um, things like that. You just, if you were down there to see it, man, it, if you heard anybody being any kind of negative, it would have been drowned out by everyone else because yeah. everything about being down there was so positive. I wasn't on the message boards and was barely on social media while I was down there, you know, it was mainly to try to let people know where we would be to have, you know, stuff if they wanted to get some swag that they didn't have a chance to get from us earlier in the season, that sort of thing. Uh, Other than that, I was just focused on the experience and everyone else was, and they showed up, they showed out and they were also not talking trash to UConn. They were not, you know what I mean? Like they were just existing with these people. Hey, hope you guys have a good game. Hey, good game, safe travels, that sort of thing. Doing what Marshall fans do. Yeah. It it seemed the very best of what Marshall can be when they are a cohesive fan base with a common goal. You know, they all traveled, showed up, they were loud, they went to the events. And that's the kind of thing you're trying to sell. You know, that's what we like to think we sell week in and week out. Sometimes we we achieve it. Sometimes we don't. And now we're in a conference with a lot of other programs that also sell that and can back it up. So we have to get back to making what we saw at that Myrtle Beach Bowl 
more of the norm, right? More of the norm. Yeah, we still show out at a football, at a home game, but I'd like to see us get back to traveling like we traveled more so when we in the Mac era. You know, games were closer. People made the weekend trip. It was great. Now you don't have to worry about hopping a flight and going to Boca Raton. You don't have to do that, right? You you can travel to Harrisonburg. You can travel to Norfolk. You can travel to Boone. You know, the farthest you got to go is if you want to make the trips down to Statesboro and such and such, you got to go down to Georgia. But most of those East Division games, you should be able to make it to, you know. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see this next generation of herd fan, this young generation of herd fan that doesn't necessarily fully know um, how the herd used to travel. And now you're you're handed an, the ability to travel to more games, make a weekend trip, make a day trip even in some cases. And you just got to pull the trigger on that. You got to do it. It's a lot of fun. You'll meet so many great people, both uh, herd fans and, you know, opponent fans. Just so many good people. You can attest to that. How many great people have you met just throughout the season that don't wear Kelly Green? You know, for James Madison fans and 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 away fans for, that came to Huntington, you just meet great people. It's worth making. If, if you love the herd, going to these games, these away games is a lot of fun. And I hope that we get back to doing that now that we're in a more travelable conference. But this is easily an A-plus way to close out the season for the herd from a fan base perspective. Excellent job. It looked great on TV. Everything I saw on social media, everything was packed out. It was awesome. It was awesome. It's exactly what you want to see. Exactly what you want to see. Let's do three quick things here for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Give me your offensive MVP. I, I think they got it right with uh, with um, Ali. Yep. You know, he, he got in with the touchdown. Um, I think, you know, his longest run was 38 yards, and he seemed to have that get up and go. And sometimes the lanes just weren't there for him, but – he had 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, on just it. 15 carries. On yeah, just he, 15 carries. Uh, defensive MVP, who's your guy? I have to say the entire defense. It's a cop-out. But uh, we didn't have that one singular player that had three sacks. We didn't have that one single player that had two interceptions and that sort of thing. Um it was a team effort and they dominated there except for those two drives that were on shorter fields, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because of penalties and that sort of thing and yeah. turnovers. I, I would say the big time guys stepped up and made the big time plays when they needed to. So it was, it was truly a team effort. Um, I'm going to cheat here just for a second. I'm going to look, I got to give a special shout out to Corey Gamage. Dude caught yeah. a touchdown and got an interception in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how awesome is that? Nearly in the same part of the end zone. You know, <laughs> like it was definitely he, on the same end of the field, but just he, a few yards away. He accounts for a touchdown and then stops a touchdown on the Hail Mary to end the half. That was just awesome. You don't see that very often. So special shout out to him. Uh, special teams MVP, who's your guy? I don't know, man. Um, nothing really stood out because I expect a uh, point after kicker to make the point after him? kick. Yeah. You know, uh, it stands out when they don't make them, but when they do, I feel like, you know, you're just doing what, what we're you're expecting. Here. <laughs> yeah. You're expecting to do that. No, no shot at any of those guys because right. I don't think that I'd go 100%. I can't. You know, <laughs> but, you know, they can. You right. Know? They're yeah. expected to. So, I don't know that there was one. Yeah. I, I guess I'd have to go with Jaden Harrison for, you know, getting us some uh, better field position. That's fair. That's fair. We haven't, we, that's one area this whole season we didn't see anything 
of any like importance happen with regularity, the kick return game or the punt return game. There really wasn't mm-hmm. much went on that, that whole year. Russ, give me some final thoughts on the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and we'll close this one out. Uh, we're going to come back with a second part, but this one's running a little bit longer now, so we're going to break it up. We're going to post both of them at the same time. We're just going to be two separate episodes, so I don't have to dig for timestamps. So give me some final thoughts on the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't know that they could have picked a better location. Uh, you know, we all said jokingly, hey, that'll be a home game for us, and you see where where are you staying? Well, I'm staying at one of the condos that I own at Myrtle Beach. You know, that <laughs> that sort of comments were what we were seeing. Yeah. And uh, it happened. And uh, I'm extremely grateful that I got to go. I would be so disappointed if I had like a podcast and I didn't get to go and I was not there and I missed out on it and I could never go back. And I would just be so envious of the what other guy. do? What are you going to do? I'd be envious of that guy and his hair. I was getting ready to say, and his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, joking aside, I had a blast. There was uh, a few players, parents that I had intended on getting to talk to more than just the brief hello. And I was just, I wish I would have got to spend some more time with everybody that I intended to, but there was just so many different people yeah. to see and got pulled in this direction and that direction. And by the way, also trying to spend time with my wife for a, a rare uh, trip that we get to go enjoy without having to worry about, you know, what are we doing with these kids here? One needs to go to the bathroom. One's hungry, that sort of thing. So it, it was great all around for us to get to spend together as well. Yeah. I, I am jealous. And Good, you ought to be. I, and I am jealous of your hair, but um, you should be. I am. It, it looks like a great time. And and oh, I, I thought and you were I, talking about the hair still. And I am mad. And I am a little mad that I didn't get to make the trip. But that's you know that's that's squashed pretty quickly. I had a I enjoyed watching the game on on TV. I I enjoy that. You know, even though I didn't get to go and see it firsthand, I still get to come on here and I get to talk about it. You know, and it's always that's the double edged sword is there's never enough time to meet all the people and talk to them that you want to. Yeah, that's that's always tough because I am very much like you. I I don't know a stranger. You know, I'll talk to anyone. And um, it's it's I hate having to feel those, man, I wish we could have had more time or man, I wish we could have linked up. I hate that. That's part of it. Mm hmm. So, but I get it, man. It, you know, when you got youngins, it's it's hard to get, a, you know, just a trip with the two of you, and and you want to have a good time, and and you know, but there's just never enough time, and that speaks to how fast the time goes when you're having a good time. So but I am a little joking, jealous. Joking aside, though, you got to spend time you and your wife with uh, with your son. Uh, oh yeah. Who, who uh, holds a good place in my heart as well? So <laughs> he is uh, a nut. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, you know, you, you, you had something special that day as well. So oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not envious. We did have some fun, but it yeah. would have been cool if it would have been on another day and I would have been sure. able to go. Yeah. It yeah. just looked like it looked fun. I'm not saying I would have choose one over the chosen one over the other, but uh, it just looked like a fun time. And uh, as we look forward to next season and we start thinking, okay, when, you know, am I going to be able to come to this game? I would like to go to this away game. You know, I'm starting to piece those sort of things together. So uh, I'm looking forward to that already. Already we're planning the trips. So it's a great way to close out the season. Nine and four, uh, which 
albeit differently than what we said, we both said this would be a nine-win team. We thought it would be a nine-win regular season team with the potential for 10 in a bowl game. Uh, but, you know, we were as right as you can be, basically. Um, we just missed on one. So kudos to both of us for the way we rationalized the season and how we saw it breaking down. We didn't hit all the wins and all the losses, but at the end of the day, we nailed what we thought the final record could be. Mm -hmm. So look, let's take it, take us out of here. And again, we're going to end this one. There will be two episodes and we're going to give you a football update of everything that's happened between the end of the game up to this point, as far as recruiting and portal and all that stuff. And then we're going to take it around the herd with all kinds of news that's happened in the almost two weeks since we've been here. So take us out of here. All right. Well, whether you see us uh, at the Joan, whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at wild wing cafe or uh, wherever you might see us down at Myrtle Beach. Wherever you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. Heck, we'll see you in about two minutes. Later. <laughs>